Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Episode 10! 10, 10, 10, 10, 10! Guys, we made it. Thanks so much for coming in on this journey with us. Ten whole episodes. Who would have thought? You made it. Two and a half months. You made it in, unless... Unless this is your first episode. And then you need to go back. Congratulations. Welcome. Enjoy the catalogue. Welcome to to Elvis Lives, a conspiracy theory podcast, where we discuss conspiracy theories. We don't come up with our own. Oh, well, sometimes we we get close. We go on a tangent and we talk about things... Maybe adding some fuel to the fire, but we never really come up with our, our own conspiracy theories. Maybe one day. One day. Maybe that will be our 100th episode. Maybe. 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 No promises. It's me, KB, and I am being joined by... Julie Eisentrager. No angels. Yeah, babe. You're here. Yeah. And I'm here. We're here. We're here together. Yeah. And we're talking about... We're talking about someone who is just... You know, like the beacon of light and hope and peace. I know for I a felt really long time. Really, really dirty. Yeah, me even too. saying there was a conspiracy. I know, but look, I guess nobody's safe from conspiracy theories. No. That's what we've learned today. Yeah, we know this. Yeah, um, and this particular particular person that we'll jump into is no exception. No. And also yeah. has some names within their story Yes, that I cannot pronounce. <laughs> Welcome to Elvis Lives a Conspiracy Theory Podcast, where KB and Julie cannot pronounce any words, let alone names. Including this person's real name. Good. So this person's name is Mary Teresa... It's Albanian. What if we just said Bojacks? Hi, you. Please correct us, those of you who know. But anyway, what was their what was their commonly called? No, that way they were known. More commonly called Mother Teresa. Ah, and also known in the Roman Catholic Church as Saint Teresa of Calcutta. Yes. So, born in a town that I also can't pronounce the name of, and instead of writing the name of the town in my notes, KB's lost the plot, giggling and laughing, because I've just written in a town that I can't pronounce the name, in Albania, on the 26th of August, 1910. This is where we've gotten to, guys. 1910? 1910. Wow. Um, Mother Teresa was an Albanian Indian Roman Catholic nun and a missionary. Mm-hmm. Um, after living in Vidar, Macedonia for 18 years, she moved to Ireland and then to India, where she lived for most of her life. And I think we all know her yeah. as being in Calcutta. Yeah. So we know her as being in India. In the 1950s, or oh, actually, 
More specifically, in 1950, the year 19. Teresa founded the Missionaries of Charity, a Roman Catholic religious congregation which had over 4,500 nuns wow. and was active in 133 countries in 2012. That's impressive. It is actually really impressive oh, yeah. because the the rate of people going into um, into the church yeah. as as nuns and priests. priests and the the very dedicated of mm-hmm. I guess it's Catholicism really oh, absolutely um, is declining yeah um, so the congregation manages homes for people dying of HIV and AIDS uh, leprosy and tuberculosis and they also run soup kitchen dispensaries and mobile clinics children's and family counseling programs orphanages and schools. It takes nine years to become a fully-fledged missionary of charity and an initial short-term come-and-see period is available. Like a trial, a nunnery trial. It is a nunnery trial. And most, most, um, what do you call a nunnery? Like an abbey? An abbey, yeah. Most most orders, I guess it's orders, most orders do have a come-and-see trial. Well, it's, it's... Fair, I guess. Um, those considered possible candidates by the congregation may enter as aspirancy, focused on learning English, if they don't already know it, um, and uh, religious studies. It's followed by postulancy, which yes. is an introduction to scripture, um, constitutions of the society, church history and theology. And then again, if found suitable, they will become a novice. So at each step, and this applies for the majority of orders, I believe, yes. it is not really up to the participant to decide whether or not they are worthy. No. It's up to the um, mother, yes, the head nun, yeah. um, and whether or not they are suitable. Yeah. And it is a really tough gig. So it is. You are you are dedicating your entire life to service. Exactly, and that's and uh, everything you own, and you mm. you you give a lot more than you receive. Yes, really. Um, novices. So, um, blah, 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 sorry, novice. Yeah. Uh, novices wear white cotton habits with a girdle and white saris without the three blue stripes. So this is specific to. Yes. Mother Teresa's missionaries. Yeah. I was about to say, I don't remember... Uh, Saris? I don't re- Yeah, in The Sound of Music. Saris. Saris. Was Maria von Trapp wearing white? No. She might have. Um, in the first year, called Canonical, they undertake more religious study and learn about life as a missionary of charity. The second year is more focused on practical training for the mission of life. After two years, they take temporary vows for one year, which are renewed annually for five years in total. They also receive the blue striped sari of the congregation and a metal crucifix in their sixth year. So, guys, when you're looking at years, they're in their sixth year, so that's almost a, like a, a doctor by then. You're in a hospital. Yeah, you're like an intern. You're an intern doctor in a hospital six years, and then they're still not really finished. They're not a fully-fledged nun yet. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So in the sixth year, they travel to Rome, K-12, 
Calcutta or Washington DC for ten tertianship. So like an intern. Further further religious study. And at the end of which they make their final profession. Um, and then specific to, again, missionary of charity, each nun professes a fourth vow to give wholehearted free service to the poorest of the poor. So all all of that is something that Mother Teresa mm-hmm. has actually initiated for the mission of charity. Yeah. The order is similar to other orders and they have their processes yeah. and stuff, but some parts of that is very specific to the mission of yeah. charity. Um. And I thought a little interesting fact. Yeah. Material goods. Okay. So what the sisters actually are allowed to have. Yeah. Um, A sister's few possessions include three saris, one to wear, one to wash, one to mend. Two or three cotton habits, Mm -hmm. a girdle, Mm -hmm. a pair of sandals, Mm -hmm. a crucifix, and a rosary. They have also a plate, a set of cutlery, a cloth napkin, a canvas bag, and a prayer book. In colder countries, they are also allowed, obviously, suitable clothing. Um, so they do give up everything to become having three outfits in your wardrobe. Yeah. No. No. I've got more than three outfits on now. I've got more than all of that just in pairs of shoes. Actually, in this room, I have six dresses in that cupboard, and this is not even my room. (laughs) This is the study. That's a thing. I have six formal gowns in the study. (laughs) You just, I guess, that's the biggest difference. A lot of people, I guess, with that alone, couldn't imagine. Let alone the acts yep. of service that they undertake That's and the right. life that they lead, just the material goods alone. And Mother Teresa is a pioneer, not in being a nun. No, there <laughs> there's been a few before, before her, her, but in setting up this charitable mission. Mm-hmm. So Mother Teresa received a number of honours, including in 1962 Ramon Magsaysay Peace Prize, and in 1979. A Nobel Peace Prize. Yes. She was canonised um, by the Catholic Church as a saint on the 4th of September 2016, um, which is also the anniversary of her um, death, or quite close to the 5th of September is her death. Um, Sorry, the 5th of September is the feast day as well. So we now celebrate it as Mother Teresa's feast day, if you're Roman Catholic. Um. A, controfig- a controversial figure during her life and her death, mm-hmm. um, at, with the good comes the bad, I guess. Um, she was admired by many for her charitable work. She was praised and but praised and criticised for her opposition to abortion yeah. and criticised for the poor conditions in her houses for the dying. I think at the same time, there's not a lot of funding no. going into this. Uh, I think the thing that probably stands out the most in most of the articles we have read about it is the opposition to abortion and the way she phrased mm-hmm. the opposition to abortion. Um, but she was an old lady by then. and Who had lived a life of, of a particular way. Yeah. And there is, I mean, everyone's entitled to their own opinion when it comes to and that. And that, according to her scripture, is her, the opinion that she has to yeah. have. Absolutely. Um, but she did so, so much work, and I think everyone knew her. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially like people our age definitely know of her. Yeah. And, um, I, oh, what grade would it have been? Grade 
six or seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were told to do a project and it had to be like an, an interview project of a famous character. So you had to oh, research yeah. this character and then do. And then because I went to a Catholic school and I decided, oh, that attached to this project yeah. was you get to go at this open day of something somewhere and do your presentation again. Oh, very cool. So there was an excursion for only the top three. Boy. So I went, <laughs> I got you. I got you, Catholic school. Um, I'm going to format this as this is your life oh, very for Mother good. Teresa. Amazing. Boy, oh boy, you can bet your ass I was at that convention. Of course you were, Julie Eisentrager, for the one. But this amazing woman, there's a sinister conspiracy attached. There is. Maybe. Just maybe. We should have a little peek. Or a little a little spy. We're just gonna a little through the looking glass. A little peepo into what this is. Conspiracy me. Well the conspiracy is that Mother Teresa now hold on. (laughs) Wait for it. I am. I hang on. Holding on. Was actually an American covert agent working for the CIA. Okay. Yeah. Look, she wasn't American. No. She was Albanian. Yeah, but this also was starts with an A. At a time where, like in our episode a couple of uh, weeks ago, we were talking about the space race. And yep. it was definitely Soviet Union versus okay. America. It was during, like, this time. Yeah. Um. So... Although the world believed she was in India to spread peace and light and love, the theory believes her real mission was to stop Soviet influence from taking over India prior to the USSR dissolving. But uh, India's not in US control. No, it's not. It's It's also not in Soviet control exactly but they were uh they they didn't want either party to capture india i guess in that sense okay you know you should see my face right I now know, you, should. <laughs> you should i guess it's like it's um, some um uh, countries own other countries yeah uh, uh, yeah yeah and did and, like, the uk I own India at this time, didn't they? I or is I, that like a long term thing that Julie has no actual concept of? Don't really know because I didn't delve so m- I didn't delve into who was like governing India at the time. They're definitely still part of the Commonwealth, aren't they? India. They're at Commonwealth Games. India. Yeah, I th- assume so. Google. I'll Google. Quick. I'll Google. Google. While you, I go you, on, you you go on. So believers of the theory refer to her humanitarian work for the poor being the perfect cover for sending covert messages to American authorities for years. Yes. Yes. So much so that she was successful in preventing India from becoming a hotspot during the Cold War. The U.S. used their influence with the Vatican to get her beatified because they were so grateful for her work. So they have decided that that America and the Vatican are, like, best mates and were like, hey, she sent a lot of secret messages to us. Um, let's, let's just make her a saint. Let's just do it. Why not? Um, that would be a really big favour to us. 
then we can recognize all the work she did for us without actually telling anyone she did the work for us. But, like, what does the US have to do with the Vatican? Uh, look, it's, uh, I don't know. Nothing. It's a conspiracy theory. Um, yes, they are, India is still part of the Commonwealth. Commonwealth of Nations. So, um, uh, there's a book that was published called The Missionary Position, <laughs> uh, Mother Teresa in Theory and Practice by Christopher Hitchens. That's like a really deceptive book title, I feel. It's hilarious. If you don't read the like after the, the colon part of that book title. So it was published in 1995 and reportedly debunks the myth that uh, was Mother Teresa, um, <laughs> who he believed the myth, the legend, the myth, the legend, um, Mother Teresa, uh, who uh, Hitchens believes was built up unjustly by the media into near, near sainthood. At that point, nineteen ninety five, she wasn't a saint yet. So. No, two thousand sixteen. Yeah. So it's basically stemmed from this this uh, this book. Um, that she was Can a you imagine being the guy writing that book? Yeah. Do, 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 I do what I want. <laughs> but it's also, I think it, it's interesting to see how people, um, how people respond to selflessness, in a sense. And there are definitely always going to have, you're going to always have people that don't agree with your personal values and morals in terms of certain topics, especially abortion. Either oh. side of that debate, there are people. There are always going to be people that disagree with you. And we, well, we can't forget that she was Roman Catholic, yeah. and in the eyes of her religion, mm-hmm. her stance had to be what it was. Yeah. Um, but I don't personally think she would bother to set up such a huge missionary if her purpose was solely for the Cold War. No, and if you're if, the amount of help that she gave to other people, it wasn't it wasn't to pass messages on to um, the American CIA. It's like oh, you've you've got HIV. There is only one CIA. <laughs> <laughs> you've got HIV AIDS. Oh, let me help you. And also, I'm gonna stop. Yeah, stop Russia from like it just doesn't add. Not just up. Russia at the time. A bunch of true. Different. Countries. True, true. But I still find it weird that, like, by sorry, by 1950, India were a republic. Yeah. Um. So this was happening in the 1960s. Did you say? I I would assume so. Yeah. Just prior to the USSR. To the dissolving. USSR. Um. So by that time, even though they were a Commonwealth, they weren't run by the UK or anything. It's it it's still not in American interest. <laughs> Like no, makes... but it might be. I don't know. I probably should have researched more into India at the time in terms of, like, it was the the, 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 the space race was happening, the Berlin Wall when you know, like, a lot of stuff happened in that period of time that's kind of set a precedent mm-hmm. in terms of the way um, countries deal with each other. Yeah, but what she was doing as well was not in heavily, like, it wasn't, wasn't in Mumbai like it wasn't in any particular um heavily populated city no it was a poorer city as third world city of India and I don't see how working there could have ever stopped anyone from doing what they wanted to do oh goodness no should they choose to 
take over a country. And she's, yeah, she's nowhere near a political figure. She's... No. And I guess you can argue that if she was to do it, if she was to be Cindy, I don't think she was an agent, but if she was to be trying to send messages to a particular governing body, whichever country that is, she would do it because it was the interest of the, the interest, of best the interest of the people. I, I also grew up in a Catholic family, Catholic schools, my entire schooling life, and so I... I I find it difficult with the amount of stuff we did learn about Mother Teresa. I find it difficult to believe this theory. Me too. And even in my adult life, when I have moved away from the church, I still can't. Yeah, believe you can't. Fit. I can't get on board with it. Yeah, I, I don't want to get on board with it either. Is the yeah. other thing? I'm not in a very open space to this one because I'm like, probably don't. Just let Badger good. a saint. Yeah. Literal saint. And like the probably one of the, I don't know, this may be completely non factual, but the last saint to be Canonized. Canonized, right? Mm, maybe not. Because Mary McKillop was recent. Oh yes. I thought Mary McKillop though was before Mother Teresa. Well look, I'm cracking out the Google again and spelling it wrong again. I can't spell, I can't type. Wikipedia. Let's see when Mary McKillop was canonised. But it is, it's not a, a common thing for people to be canonised. No. Um, it's relatively hard. Yeah. Um, and what do we got? 09. Um, her, oh, 2010. Yeah. 2010. So 2016, yeah. Mother Teresa, probably one of... The last one of the most one recent. to join the sainthood yeah. of saints, and I think that's um, that's a really modern day in this time of of us remembering mm-hmm. a person of them being alive within yeah. our lifetime. Yeah, I think that's so exciting, and I don't want to. I don't want I there to be it. something. Yeah, yeah, that kind of tears that down. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let us know exactly how you feel about this. If yeah. you weren't raised to know or recognize Mother Teresa, yeah, and you're like, ah, oh, guys, she very clearly was an agent for yeah. the CSI. Yeah. CIA. CSI. And then my brain was like, does CSIRO fix it? <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. She could have also worked for CSIRO. Oh, guys, guess what? It's a nighttime recording guys. if you hadn't guessed by now. Look, if you think that we are, uh, yeah, either on the wrong or right side of this argument, if we said some stuff that wasn't factual, <laughs> if you want to just Highly have a chat. Likely. If you had a chat, look, we try and research as best as possible, but lots of things say different things too. There's a lot of conflict of information yeah. and it's quite hard, but get in touch on Facebook. We yeah. are Elvis Lives Podcast there. You can also send us an email, elvislivespodcast at gmail.com. And if you're loving it, you're loving it. Or you're hating it. We want to hear either way. Either or. On your podcatcher of choice, mm-hmm. rate, review, subscribe. You can even rate and review on Facebook as well. You absolutely We do not can. mind. And if you want to check out the other podcasts in our podcast family, head to that'snotcanonproductions.com. Yeah, you'll see uh, you'll see familiar faces. Some, our voices may appear on multiple podcasts, yeah. but you just have to find them. Oh, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.
being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.